Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. My name is Shad. I'm joined by Matt and Brad. And <clears throat> tonight we're going to do something just a little bit different. We all have the idea of if we were in charge, what we would do. Well, what would we do? We'll get to that in just a second. But first, we got a special shout out to our man, to our main man. Matt, who's this man? That would be Epico Cologne. Um, whenever I, <laughs> whenever I uh, buy a wrestling video game, I make sure that my first and second and third creator wrestler is Epico Cologne, even if he's already in the game. I just give him like costume changes. <laughs> That's excellent. I love it. So I, I, have, I have a random question before we get into this. When is the what is the last uh, wrestling video game? And we're talking not like a booking sim one. We're talking like a WWE one. What's the last one you guys bought? Um, I actually bought um, the latest uh, 2K18, I think, game. Um, really? But I have I have not <laughs> I have not played it yet. My my cousin I I haven't played one. I think I think 13 was the last one I bought. Uh, my cousin was complaining about one of the recent ones, saying like. In the creator wrestler mode, they pretty much loot box you with um, moves yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. So, I actually intend to buy um, the Fire Pro game for PS4 whenever that comes out. I think it's supposed to come out like in a month. Oh yeah, I did buy Fire Pro for when that came out, when the beta was out. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want it on a console. I'll probably end up buying it again on console because I have issues. I had the most recent one I bought, let's see, was 2K17, and it pissed me off because I go through and I do all this work on my creator wrestler, and then I play him in a custom match, and I'm like, okay, I need to like work his moveset to here, and I do all that, and then I go into the career, and they're like, by the way, we're resetting all your moves, and it's like, maybe you could have told me. Because I don't remember there being a pop-up or anything saying, you know, you're going to have limited access to the moves you want to use or something. We just want to make sure you suck early on. Before that, I had bought Fire Pro Returns for PS2. I still have it somewhere, but I never could figure it out. It was just so alien to me because the N64 AKI THQ games were my bread and butter. You You have to breathe in the Fire Pro games or you'll gas. Okay, so, old joke from the guys I used to work with, because the guy that that used to run the promotion, one night, don't know what happened, but he got got too gassed up, and he's laying in the ring, and the guy goes, do something. (laughs) And that stuck with me, oh my god, 13 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, so the so, trick there is you have to breathe. Um, you have to do it in between moves or you'll get too tired to do anything, and then it goes horribly wrong. I actually like Fire Pro more for simming purposes because it's a really good simming game. It is. I remember back in the day I would play it um, on the Game Boy Advance. Yes! And it was great. Like I, cause you, It had a ton of guys in there. And it was easy enough to create a wrestler. You could go. Um, I used to go on some dude's website, and I'd get like, because I remember I I 
did create a wrestler for like all the TNA guys at some point. Mm-hmm. And you, because you could have, I mean, you could do hundreds of like creator wrestlers, and they all looked pretty good. Like you could do like AJ Styles or Abyss, and they looked pretty on point, and you could have most of their moves. Okay, well, since we were talking about creator wrestler, this is an idea that uh, we came up with and decided to do for an episode. Here's the idea: we're creating the star of your promotion. Now, some base rules, so if you want to play along at home. The base rules are, first of all, you get to take a worker and have him or her trained in the way you desire. We're assuming a certain level of charisma, like you've got enough of an eye that I'm going to, I want this guy, but I want to have him, I want him trained in this. We wanted to hear about the style that he's trained in. What do you have him trained in and why? What kind of finish you want him to use and why and then kind of a general booking plan what are you going to do to get this person over what are you going to do with them once they are over so i thought we'd start off with just kind of some you know the the starter the beginning about the worker that we're taking and and having them trained um so which of you guys would like to go first i think uh i think uh you should do the honors and start us off tonight shad oh okay I usually try and break it up because I don't want people to have to listen to me talk for too long at a stretch. But all right, here we go. I'm going to refer to my centerpiece guy. And hopefully DC Comics won't sue me for just using it in a theoretical on a podcast. But I'm going to refer to him as Johnny Thunder because I like the name. <clears throat> so what I want to want to do is I want to have Johnny be somewhere in kind of the mid range of a, a worker for North America. So somewhere around six feet. I'd like for him to be toned, and I want to have him being trained as a high flyer and a brawler. I want that. I want to mix the agility and like boxing stuff, so that I can have a style that I could have have him work with about anybody. But I also don't want his flying to be too flashy. I'm not talking about you know. Um, yeah, I'm not looking for 450s and and phoenix flashes and stuff like that every night. You I want, want like- him to be able. to... You want, like, L.A. Park. You want that level of flying with that level of brawling. I haven't seen him for a long time, but I'm going to take your word for it. The, um, the idea is that he can, he can fly, he can brawl, and then as his career goes on, he can do more impressive flying things. And we can, we can build him up that way. All right. What about you guys? So I suck at names, um, so I didn't name my guy, but um, I kind of went with standardish height. I'd say like six one two thirty, kind of in that vein. Um, my training would be sending him to the New Japan dojo because if you watch New Japan shows, uh, they their dojo turns out these guys that in their like second or third match looks better than guys that have been doing it for years and are more technically proficient. And if they work for New Japan for a while, they get to work with guys like Yuji Nagata, um, Satoshi Kojima, and Tenzan to um, get some experience. Um, I kind of want like an all-rounder guy. I want a guy that's very technically proficient. I want a guy that's going to bump pretty well, a guy that's going to sell really well, and a guy that's going to have a really good comeback because that's... 
I'm obviously going for a, a to build my company around a face, so I want a guy that's going to sell and bump really well, but it's also going to have like a really strong, fiery comeback. Okay. Matt, what about you? So for my uh, for my creative guy, um, I thought I would do something a little bit different than kind of like a style that I'm familiar with or kind of prefer something a little different than what I'm kind of into uh, usually. So I decided to make my guy kind of basically a luchador, mm-hmm. um, although not not purely like a luchador. I kind of wanted him to kind of have some cross cross appeal to kind of work uh be able to work more like a a, just a traditional north american style or like at least like a big um kind of big fed uh north american style but definitely have like those lucha roots um and i have thoughts about (laughs) what i want to do with him um but let's just say that he starts off with kind of like your basic luchador um background so he he's really proficient as like a high flyer but also has some good technical wrestling skill or at least preliminary training so he can kind of do do more of that as well um, okay and does i have a want mask? him kind of a, he does initially have a mask but this is how i'm kind of anticipating like in my mind my mind's eye like the how I want him to look, I would probably want him to, at least initially, have a mask that's maybe, it doesn't cover his entire face, maybe it covers like half his face. Um, kind of, th- the type of guy I would probably want to imagine him to be is if you, do you recall, um, I know this guy worked in uh, AAA. He may have actually been in CML, uh, CMLL too, but Latin Lover. Oh yeah, 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 I remember Latin Lover. Yeah, so Latin Lover is a like a good-looking guy. So something like that, where he's like a good-looking uh, character with uh, kind of long, flowing hair, um, and then maybe a mask that covers like the upper portion of his face. Almost, I don't know if I want to do like a Zora mask or something like that, but something that mm. you can at least tell he's like a good-looking guy. But at least his uh, his whole identity is in a isn't revealed to the world so it's part at least partially a mask okay um and go ahead no no go go on uh and so the name i'm going to (laughs) the name i'm giving him um this is kind of like a private joke in my personal life but um is my in-laws are uh used to watch this uh telenovela back in the day (laughs) that that uh, i stole this name from it uh, but the character's name would be Rosa Salvaje, which uh, translates into Spanish as uh, Wild Rose or Savage Rose. Um, and I would have him have like rose-themed attire, like black and red, but it has like maybe roses. And maybe he would, uh, maybe he'd come down to the ring <laughs> with like a rose in his mouth or like in his hand, and he would uh, maybe he could give it away to uh, a lovely lady in the crowd. Gotcha. Uh, very kind of, very kind of ham, like very hammy, but uh, you know, it's still kind of fun. Sure. What There's you were bringing a... up about having the long hair and stuff it reminds me of a point. The assumption I realized I had this assumption mentally, but I didn't say it out loud. Is my plan is my guy is going to have long blonde hair because long hair is great when it comes to selling mm. uh, and all that kind of stuff and. 
my promotion will have juice in it, so if he starts bleeding, that the blood will stand out with that blonde hair. You know, kind of a Ric Flair thing going. Yeah, I would... My promotion is going to be probably more of a styled um, uh, Memphis style. Not with the title changes, but more of the blood and guts, gritty style. <laughs> okay. I feel I feel my my fed if we're, if we're doing it, it would probably be more like a WWE where it's kind of like mainstream. Like maybe a little a mix of everything, but I would, has like the the big the big feel, the big card feel, and stuff like that. I think I think I if if I went with the WWE feel, I need to tweak a couple couple items for WWE. Mm-hmm. Mostly, uh, it this is a whole rival whole week could go down for another episode, but like the linguistic choices that WWE often chooses to make. And how no one talks like a human being really bothers me. The title or championship opportunities and uh, WWE Universe, how that yeah. like tapped trap. You know, what else is there's um, sports entertainers? They don't call them wrestlers. Yeah, uh, all of, all of the basic like Vince uh, McMahon or Wellian Newspeak. Yeah, it's changing the the yeah the changing the language. Yeah. That's a whole episode, though. I, I think I could do a whole episode on how that makes it unwatchable to me anymore. Sure. So uh, the other, since you guys were talking about the feel, I would kind of be going for a kind of sort of WCW feel where people have kind of very distinct styles and such. But I also don't want to, well, I don't want to have all the other baggage that went with WCW. So I, I kind of want to do... Um... I kind of want to do what um, Sendai Girls in Japan does right now, where it, the the mainstays are actually like a very small, insular group of people, and a lot of the shows are them working outside talent. Hmm. Like, okay. I want to have... My roster would probably be like 12-ish regulars working like outsiders. Okay. So I'd probably have like... I'd probably have my number one, two, three face, a one or two heel managers, like a number one and a number two face tag team, and then like a couple of mid card heels, and probably a mainstay um, gatekeeper face, and then like a jobber face would probably okay. be like my my roster. The um... One thing that strikes me that I would want to do from what you were just saying is something that apparently uh, I was reading about this earlier today that um, the current writers that work for Vince don't do is that they don't have like a um, uh, quote unquote Bible for their stuff, like a reference guide or anything. Um, and the guy who was the writer from like 2000, 2002, when stuff was like really, really good, and he had like storyboards on the wall to keep track of things, um, and they made fun of him for it. That's the kind of stuff I totally want to embrace. I also want to embrace. This is wrestling. We're showing you wrestling. You guys are wrestling fans. I know, okay? I'm not going to try and like 
talk down to you or talk around you or anything. I'm going to admit what it is. So I want to be able to do long-running things. And there is, in the booking I have planned, I have another little wrinkle I'm going to put into it is periodically. I am going to give guys like a reason to be off the road for a while. So, you know, if we do an injury angle or if we just do something so that they can take a little bit of a break, heal up, it, you know, it's not, not being penalized for it, but they can do that and then they can get the nice return that we can build off of and that sort of stuff. I would hire a continuity guy. I would hire a guy that's just there would pretty much just watch the product end endlessly, and if we were, when something was meant to progress or we were starting a new program, it would be their job to go back through anything those two wrestlers have done and any interactions they've had previously to make sure that it all works. You need a douchey McNitpick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. They, WWE had someone like that for like two weeks and they pointed out so many problems that they fired them. <laughs> I yeah. think at some point yeah. in the mid-2000s. But no, I would I would definitely have someone to... Um, probably someone like Jim Cornette, honestly, to watch the product. Who's not a, not a... Why in the hell are you doing this when this just happened last week? Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, or, Absolutely. Or even someone like to look at the script and be like, their character wouldn't say that, their character wouldn't do that. Because, so, I've I, I've I've proofread for things before, and that is something I've common I've left as comments to the person I've proofread for and said, this isn't what this character would say, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, things like that. Sure. I mean, it, it's you don't want to take people out of your product. Because if you do that, then they're not going to stay engaged. They're going to be pissed off about it. Okay, so, um, well, I'd, I'd put this in the in the uh, in the notes. So let's let's talk about that. What kind of finish do you want to put on your guy? Well, I think um, I like I like moves that they can hit from a variety of places or kind of hit his desperation spots. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, I didn't think of this beforehand. <laughs> I, I think I would do, um, it kind of goes against what I'm saying, but before the WWF kind of like changed the style a bit, I really liked when Rikishi did like the sit out pile driver. Oh when yeah. When he first came back, mm. I think I would give them a sit out pile driver. And then I'd probably give them like, I would probably give them like a secondary finisher for bigger guys and you know I like the all Japan style of the super special ultra finisher like yep. that Tiger Driver 91. Eh, mm-hmm. screw it. They'll do the sit out pile driver will be their main one in the big moments where they need that extra something special they're going to do a Tiger Driver 91. <laughs> wow, you're just going to murder a guy. I know, yes. right? Man. Um, I also love the concept of like the super special finisher, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish that you know we'd see that more often nowadays. So 
uh, my guy being kind of a luchador, but again, like I kind of want him to be able to do at least kind of more technical stuff. But I thought I'd give him a couple finishers mm-hmm. and then have like the super finisher. So uh, for regular finishers, if he's doing kind of more high flying lucha style match, I would say just like a basic shooting star press. Um, at this point, like it's it's been done like a by a lot of guys. Um, but still, it's a very visually impressive move. Like, kind of gets him over as a high flyer guy. Um, and then, if we're doing more of like a technical match or a match that's more uh, mat based, um, I'd probably give him. I would say a Falcon Arrow. Kind of uh, a, the Falcon Arrow is a is a very underrated move. Yeah, very underrated. Like, I I don't really think a lot of guys use it now, but it's. Uh, no, I I think Bob Holly's the last guy that really used it a lot um i th- think maybe seth rollins used he use uses it? it as part of a um he uses it as, as part of a, a sequence but he doesn't finish with it yeah see i i like it perfectly fine as like a finisher because it, it it's kind of like what like a brain buster but kind of works as like almost like a a driver um so i would have that be like his uh his it's kind of more map based finisher, and then the super, the super finisher. Um, I would probably, I almost thought about giving him like some sort of uh, like submission move, but I probably just go with something more visually impressive, and just can totally ape and steal um, Ricochet's like six thirty centon. Mm. Okay, and it also. I know I get what you said about the shooting star press, but the fact that you were referring to it as a plain old shooting star press just amuses <laughs> me. You know? Okay. So I have I have a plan on my guy. But and while I do like the idea of having a super finisher, I'm not going to do that. Because I want to try and build what my guy uses as you know that's he is so good at it that he can use it on anybody um he is going to start out and like i said he's he's not starting out as a crazy high flyer so he's going to start out using a missile drop kick basically using the propulsion of his body and the impact in order to to try and lay people out part of the reason i want to do this is because it looks Visually pretty cool. You get somebody who's around six feet tall who jumps and extends for it. That's a really cool visual. Um, will, will he do the um, the old Jericho? They're on the ring apron and he kind of hops on the turnbuckle and gives him that little drop kick off. I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, the plan with it being his finisher being a missile drop kick is first of all. Like I said, it's very visual. You can do it to anybody because it doesn't matter how big they are when you hit them with it. And then third, there are lots of ways to play with it. So if you want to have a screwy finish on something, he hits the missile drop kick that the guy's too close to the ropes and it propels them out. Or he he goes to hit the missile drop kick and the guy just collapses and he overshoots. Or he could do a missile drop kick from the top of the turnbuckle. He could do a springboard. He could do it to the outside if he did it like Booker T did and kind of rotated his landing. 
if he wanted to get really flashy, as time went on, he could do a variation and have like a, a front flip missile drop kick or something. But the idea is that for the first part of his career, that's what he's putting people away with. And whenever he gets into kind of coming into his own and he hits his star-making feud or he's getting ready to go into it, then I'm going to have him transition to using uh, diamond cutter variations. Since, again, it works on anybody, and you can do it from lots of different positions, and you can do it in very visually cool ways. So I'm going to chart the evolution of the character of the missile dropkick era and the post-missile dropkick era, which doesn't mean he can't use it, and it's still there as an option for another finish. But he will it's to show the evolution of the character. I thought about doing the diamond cutter, but then I was like, eh, Randy Orton uses it, and I don't want that Randy mm. Orton stink. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Randy Orton does not do a diamond cutter. I'm going to argue that, because he's not doing a diamond cutter. Diamond cutter, you hold with both hands, and you don't jump way up in the air to do it. You grab the guy, and you drop him down. I know Fair it's enough. just, I'm splitting hairs, but damn it. You know, this is our podcast. I'm going to split hairs. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing more of a ace ace crusher. <laughs> okay, yeah, excellent. I like that. Well, well, we can blame Johnny Ace for something else while we're at it. <laughs> so that's interesting. I do like got- the I do like the the diamond cutter out of anywhere thing. Yeah, that's that's God. That's why I used it. <laughs> Hey, now we do have to be fair to Randy Orton. He can he can RKO you from anywhere, and there are, are quite a few memes that show that. <laughs> there are so many vines about it, and to be honest, those things That's, are hilarious. It's the 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 vines of that are better than anything he's ever done in his <laughs> career. Oh man, yeah, I, I I got such a kick out of watching those. Oh, I still so, do from time to time. Yeah. They'd ever get old. So tell me, guys, whenever you debut them, how are you going to debut these guys? And, you know, babyface, heel, um, what are you looking to do with them whenever they first get started? I'll go first. Sure. Um, so when I first off, I would have them, the, the actual match that they would debut in, mm-hmm. jobber match. Sure. Because I always liked that back in the day. Like that's kind of like a lost thing that don't, they don't do it as much. At least like in the WWE. But uh, I would have him debut to squash a jobber, basically. And initially, I would have him go out there. And it seems like he'd be a baby face because he kind of played in the crowd. And again, I have this whole little thing where he's walking down with a rose and gives away the rose. But then I would totally have him actually initially be a heel where he. Is doing like nasty shit to the whoever he's facing again like a jobber match he, he wouldn't necessarily have to cheat to win but I would totally have him uh, once he actually starts facing uh, what would be considered like accomplished workers that he would totally just heal free to um, you know to do like like the typical heel moves like you know hold on to the ropes or you know, poke a guy in the in the poke him in the eyes and things like that. Pull hair, all of that. Um, you should have him do have... the. You should have him do the romantic touch thing where like he he blows on the palm of his hand and like rose petals come out. 
<laughs> yes, that's a great idea. Yeah. And um, the uh, whenever I would say in his debut match, have him do that heel stuff. He may not even need to, but the fact that he still does it anyway to be a dick. Well, actually, you, know you should do. You should I, have him like. You should have him like be totally scientific and like shake the guy's hand and do it totally clean until that second he's in like the slightest bit of danger and then he cheats. Mm, that's a good idea. He's he's in control and then all of a sudden the thumb goes in the eye, mm. and he kicks the guy in the shin or something. Yeah, uh, that that would be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of want him initially to be a heel. Um, and maybe also uh, have a, an aspect of him because he would be like a good-looking guy, even though he has a mask. Um, kind of, you know, just be arrogant as well and have this whole like uh, attitude that he's he's better than everyone else, both in the ring and you know just as a as a physical specimen. Mm-hmm. You you could have him do like come <laughs> out. You could do like a rip away tuxedo for him when he comes out. <laughs> maybe. Oh, he's doing the Magnum TA. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get some good you gotta get some like good like um music for him too what would be good music for someone like that i was gonna say something very whitish <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta have something with like the right beat and i would think he'd come out to something slower though what about uh, oh who did that song? Now I have to look. Um, take on it. This wouldn't fit at all, I don't think, because you're. But the what you're kind of describing kind of sounds like, even though I don't think the feel would be right. Uh, the Wanderer by Dion song. I'm I'm the kind of guy that always gets around. Wherever there's pretty girls, that's where I'll be found. Because I'm the wanderer. They call me the wanderer. I move around, around, around. Just me? Okay, never mind. I'm I'm familiar with this song. Yeah. You should also you should also plant like a guy and his girlfriend at ringside every match, and he he always picks out like the couple and gives the girl the rose <laughs> in front of the dude. <laughs> Just to... <laughs> so he can get instant heat with that guy. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty funny. That'd be good. That'd be good heel work. So I, this is just a random story, just because it's 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 reminding me of um when um the romantic touch was in Ring of Honor, he chased like Vita Scott under the ring once, and he came out and he started smoking a cigarette. <laughs> wow! And I think she came out disheveled. He came out and he just like lit up a cigarette. It was hilarious. Wow. Okay. As a sidebar, like I've actually always liked uh, Rhett Titus. Um, he's yeah, not, he, he's not doing. They're not doing a lot with him. No, now. I like the romantic touch, but that's because if you ever go to their shows, they get so tedious that like having those offbeat characters in there really uh, make life easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Brad, how would you uh, introduce your guy? So this is the hard part because I was trying to think like if I wanted to bring him in like as a jobber for a while. Okay. And then um. And then um, have him like pick up some wins because 
if you do the losing streak right, like with Kenna Kabashi, they kind of, they kind of did it with Barry Horowitz in the WWF. If you do like the losing streak to start, okay, it can really um, it can really go places if you do it right. Okay. But I think I would do I think I would do like the slow build up of the card of like him maybe like if I had like a TV title he'd win the TV title and then move up to like the secondary title and then the world title. I think I would do that like kind of hierarchy progression of him starting towards the bottom and moving up. Mhm. Cuz it's hard to say like uh, this I really went back and forth on this because I was thinking well you could like set up this big heel and have him, like, show up and win, or you could, like, have him work his way up the card. And I think it's... I think it's... I think I would do work my way up the card, because especially, like, with the Roman Reigns experiment, I think if you go too big too soon, like, you can run into problems there. Yeah, yeah. That was something that I was actually thinking a lot about as we did this. So, um... Here's what I, uh... My introduction is that in in his first match or in his early matches, I want to have this guy. He's going to start out as a face on the mid card. Through the beginning of this, he's going to be a face, like and, until he's established at the top. <clears throat> first few matches is where he's even with someone, like someone who's already kind of known. So he's having a match with them, but he's he's going even with them. But he'll get his win, you know. And then he'll have some matches where he's having to work from underneath, like maybe someone's overpowering him, or they're too technical for him to get a handle on. Because I don't want him to be real technical. I want him to have like clear weaknesses in what he does. So he's got he's got like something. He's got a weakness to to try and avoid. And then, as he does this, I'll have him do those sorts of things. And I don't, I don't want a whole lot of promo work yet because I want him to kind of get a feel for it and what he's doing, see how the crowd's doing, things like that before we start digging on it. And then the first feud I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to use a like a good nasty roughneck heel, like a, a mean streak kind of bigger guy, right? And so you know the guy's putting Johnny in his place. And they'll go back and forth, and they'll have some matches that have questionable endings. And then we'll pull in a mid-card title, right? Like you were, you were saying. Now, whether or not this is a TV title or like if it was WCW, the U.S. title, or something like that. Just a mid-card title. And maybe in the course of it, the, like we give the title holder an injury angle and let him take some time off. So that way he's got an angle to come back with. It's like, you know, I didn't lose it. You know, an easy way back in a ready-made feud. Then we can have a tournament to see who gets it, and that's when these guys like meet up, so they can have their blow off, and um, you know, just have have the heel start just every dirty trick in the book, start smothering Johnny until he starts getting arrogant. Johnny breaks loose, and he starts out by like brawling with him. And he gets some he gets some space and he starts doing some aerial stuff. And then we go we go into the finish. That's that's kind of my first I don't know somewhere we'll say three to six months for the guy. 
depending on like crowd reactions and stuff. I think my journey to the title, I do kind of what um what the Japanese promotions do. Like his first, he challenged for the world title at some point, pretty much gets squashed like a bug. Then he'd come back like a year later, and he'd still lose, but it's a much closer match. Mm-hmm. And then maybe do like come back a little while later and do the draw, like the time limit draw, and then do the big coronation like another year or so down the road. Okay. And do that kind of slow burn, like he gets a little closer each time until he finally gets over the hump. I've got a plan for that too, but we'll we'll wait on that. Because um, uh, I don't want to like run through my whole thing and you guys just sit there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, as you're doing this, what are what are some other things you guys might do in order to build your guy up? Um, what what's well go. Mine, mine, for my like early booking, kind of what you guys were saying it would kind of be a little more like yours, Shad. Just uh, for the first, let's say like three months, he'd be working kind of either squashing jobbers or working uh, kind of lo- the lower level faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the lower level faces, he wouldn't necessarily have to be cheating too much. At least not. I wouldn't book him. To give the impression, like, well, he needs to cheat to to beat these guys. Maybe I would just have him do it just to be like a dick. <laughs> but oh yeah, it wouldn't be like he would need to do this to necessarily to win. Um, but then I would have him, you know, be be going over those kind of lower level faces. So he's he's clearly establishing himself as better than the lower level talent, but not necessarily like rising him too high. And maybe like that would be like the first three months, and then like months three to six is when I would kind of transition him more to working with like mid card guys. And I think certainly by like the end of the six months, I would definitely start putting him with like really like kind of over mid card faces and then try and get him towards whatever kind of secondary title I have, like a United States title or intercontinental title, TV title, whatever kind of like the middle level title is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would try just because I would want him to be both like a high flyer, like luchador plus like good technical guy. I would hope to, I would try to get him over base purely on like mat work. Okay. Uh, what else? I mean, it's obviously there's more to that. Just like I would have him, his, the personality would come into play as well, but I, w- I would want him to really kind of get over just working with a really competent, uh, maybe, maybe the, the title holder that I'm having him up against mm-hmm. would be at least like a, of at least sufficient, like technical skill that they could have either a high flying match or like a really good technical match, um, incorporating some of like the high flyer elements and really kind of make it work. So this would be like, assuming maybe put him in there with someone like a Dolph Ziggler okay. type of person where it's someone who's like a, a really good worker and can, can definitely work that kind of that style because mm-hmm. um, my goal would be try and in addition to like his personality would try to him to get over just based on like mat work um and the way i'm kind of what i'm like thinking about is back in the day i know that was something that was really big with like the w the mid 90s because those dudes like cut promos in english most of them yeah um, so how did they get over i mean people like ray obviously could get over 
you know, doing promos and everything. Um, and someone like Eddie, of course, is a, was a top shelf talent. But uh, some of those other guys, they got over because they were just like they did crazy stuff out there. I mean, people like Psychosis or like Juventud, um they initially La Parca was over just for hitting people with a chair. Oh, yeah, he had a well. La Parca is a, a crazy, like a crazy example anyway, just because he has such amazing physical charisma. Even though you know almost every stitch of skin on him is covered in a costume. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of thinking in lines of like someone like a, a psychosis or a like a juventude where it, they're getting over based purely on what they can do in the ring. Although. Since you mentioned it, like uh, one kind of added element, I'll just use one example. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my guy is obviously going to be like Latin based, um, I would have him absolutely be the completely fluent in English. Um, mm-hmm. And I think initially I would have him be like cutting promos in Spanish and almost like refusing to to talk in English. Mm-hmm. And then once I have him moving into like the month three to six or more towards like the end of the six month period where he's working with like an upper level um, or mid card baby face I'd have him you know start busting out like English so it's like this reveal it's like oh haha I actually could speak English the entire time I just choose not to because you know I don't deign to talk to you <laughs> in English you're not uh, worth my time yeah so then he like gotta bust that out and it kind of just drive home the point that he's just like he's just like a, a dick he's like a, a really dickish heel who thinks he's better than everyone else. Um, but again, it would hopefully try and get him over because he would have the, the skill set to actually back it up at least somewhat in the ring. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like a little bit of element and kind of would add to the, the concept that he's, uh, you know, very arrogant. Sure. The, um, it, from what I'm hearing, it kind of sounds like he'd be a more, more popular and more talented, um, Del Rio. Yeah, um, probably not quite the style. Sure, but yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I, to- I totally get that. <sighs> I think I think part of my plan going up would be I would do um, Japanese promotions do this from time to time. It's usually a comedy angle for jobbers, but I'd play it straight where um, it'd probably be like TV title. They'd have at the time, but they would do like a challenge series, and that challenge series would be like an excuse to bring in legends or guys that you know were recently with bigger promotions or other big promotions. Mm-hmm. So you know they might do that, and you know Wade Barrett might be their opponent, okay, pay per view or something, or I don't know, like people like that. Okay. I could see Just get that. them get them a bunch of wins over people that still have names or people would recognize. Mm-hmm. And maybe it can can um, grow into something else down the line, right? Yeah, and that would still be along the lines of what the style of the promotion I said was, where I have a small crew that's working mostly with, you know, what in Japan would be freelancers. And outside talent or guys doing shorter stints, like of six to eight months with a company. Like a modern day Abdul of the Butcher kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Did uh, is that kind of what Bruiser Brody did too? Um, for some reason, I'm not putting the pieces together in my head. 
No, Brody just liked to uh, stiff promoters. Oh, okay. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, so, you know, the one one purpose that I had in, like, the way I was doing to the mid-card title was I could get a feel for what's working and what's not. So whenever I get him there, I want him to stay there for a while. You know, the idea is he's on that mid-card. I want him to stay at that mid-card for a while and work on it. You know, and he'll have some feuds and maybe a couple title changes, but at the end of the feud, he'll come back with with the strap back. You know, it's the idea here is we are building. You know, we're this is this is us setting a foundation. We're finding what fits, what doesn't fit, so that we can adjust it now, and we're not scrambling trying to fix things at the main event level, like a certain Samoan is or something like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I don't know. This could be anywhere from seven months to 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 a year of him you know, working on this sort of stuff. Because it takes time to build that sort of thing. You know, John Cena didn't get super over immediately. You know, he didn't go from being dressed as Vanilla Ice at the Halloween party backstage to, you know, vying for the world title. It took it took time. What do you think, um, you know, when you look at it in hindsight, the Braun Strowman thing shouldn't have worked at all. I think what the the thing about Strowman is that they started out, I think it started out with them trying to have him be a monster for Roman to slay, but people, so thankfully they did strike while the iron was hot on that sort of thing and, and say, okay, let's keep this going. They kind of screwed that at the finish line though. Yeah. I, I was just curious because uh, like in, oh, never mind. what were you going to say, Matt? I was just going to say like, uh, Stroman actually has a lot more charisma than you'd think he'd, well, at least I gave him credit for initially. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just looking over, I mean, he does have charisma, but, like, looking at a big picture, I'm just like, huh. And, and in the, the context of this, I'm like, huh, that really shouldn't have worked because we're each kind of, like, we're each kind of sidestepping that big push right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm doing that is because I, if it blows up in my face, then this guy that I've been putting all of this effort and thought into building is kind of dead in the water. And I don't if if I can salvage it and make him you know a mid card mainstay, that's great. But I don't want it to be like he was the guy who went to the top of the mountain and couldn't handle it, so we dropped him back down. I also think I also think that there is a certain um, there's a certain journey the fans get to share with them mm-hmm. if you get to if you get to be along for the ride, and I think. I think someone pointed that out at some point on a message board that part of the problem with Roman is that you never get a share in that journey because they're just forcing everything. Mm-hmm. Well, he went from There's being no the he went from being the basically the big guy in the shield to all of a sudden it's like, oh, he was the big guy in the shield. Now he's good at everything. You should love yeah. him. And there's, you know. It's like we like the shield because these three guys kick the crap out of just about everything walking. Um, 
And then they were like, by the way, that was all Roman. You should be behind him now. And it's like, come on. There, there was no... It's like shifting gears without using the clutch. You're just trying to slam it over to something else and it doesn't work. That's not a good analogy, but it's already out of my mouth. <laughs> so what other kind of build stuff are you looking at doing? Are you looking at... Uh, maybe doing some tag stuff or um, what other kinds of things are you looking at doing with uh, with your guy? Well, I, I think on the other side of the promotion, I would have to have a counterbalance for that. I would have to be building a dragon for them to slay Okay. at the same time. Like, I'm almost thinking, well, and it was something that crossed my mind, but almost maybe doing that, like, Scott Steiner and WCW 2001, where he was um, injuring all the baby faces. Okay. And then, like, my guy is literally, like, the last hope they have, and he gets over the hump and finally, like, wins the world title. Okay. Maybe along, along with that progression. Uh-huh. But I think you have to have... You have to have that dragon for them to slay, or it's kind of all for naught, too. Sure. That makes sense to me. What about you, Matt? Even, oh, I'm sorry. Even Go if, on, Brad. I think that's what made uh, Mizawa's run so so great, is you had the Saruta thing for him. Like, you had that Saruta dragon for him to slay. Okay. So, you get this sense of anticipation of when are these two guys going to run into each other thing. Well, and and that's kind of what they did with Mizawa. Mizawa got crushed the first time, and then he got better over time. Mm-hmm. So you got to see like, oh, Mizawa's not on Saruta's level. To wow, he finally like he finally did it. Okay. Matt, what about you? Uh, you mentioned tag teams. Like, I don't really feel it for like the first year or so uh my character would really be like a tag team guy like i don't i don't know unless it would be some sort of like the typical like wacky like Mm -hmm. two opposites get paired together (laughs) that's kind of like (laughs) contrived um uh maybe maybe like a random tag team every now and again where it's like the typical like you know two heels join forces against two faces yeah you know um but no, like, consistent tag teams or something. Um, I wouldn't necessarily even have him have, like, consistent, like, allies in the kind of heel ranks. But uh, one idea that... Uh, so I talked about, like, maybe by month six, he's kind of competing for mid-card titles uh, uh-huh. with, like, a baby face. I probably wouldn't put it on him just yet. Um, but I would have him, again, trying to get him over just on, like, work rate. Um, in addition to like his personality, but have him kind of get over with the fans at least by work rate. Um, I'd have him lose that kind of feud initially. Um, so then it's like he, he lost, but he didn't really lose in the sense that like he, he kind of got over showing that he could put on some really good matches. So in the the eyes of the fans, the eyes of the people who really respect that, it's like, well, you know what? He was a great worker. So we'd love to see him actually Russell again for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd have him kind of work for the... And maybe just work uh, like a 
uh, feuds or with at least one. What I think what I would like to do is something I've always liked this concept and I guess you can't use it too often, but one thing I probably try to do with him in months nine to 12, kind of leading up to him winning, winning like a mid card title by around like the end of the first year. Mm-hmm. I want him start a feud with that, um, that sort of babyface or that level babyface, like a mid car babyface who's holding the title or at least could get the title so that they could, you know, maybe trade it back and forth. But I would want to do kind of like a best of seven series, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because again, I guess the, my my overall theme is just trying to get uh, this guy over, not just based upon him kind of being like a dick or you know, like the arrogant heel that can kind of be fun but also him getting over just based on the fact that he's a tremendous worker so and I, doing like a best of series i think is like a good way to showcase that mm, yeah um, absolutely so and then hopefully whatever worker that he would be working with like it both helps them get over and then by around um end of the year mark if, even if it's not that particular baby face um i'd have him challenge for the title and at that okay. point, like hopefully he's like he's built up enough steam that he uh, he could win it. But I, again, in true like heel fashion, I'd probably have him kind of cheat to win. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And that's kind of just like the uh, maybe the year mark. Okay. Um. All right. My my plan's a little bit long winded at that, so hang with me. Um. While Johnny's doing his mid-card title thing, at the end of it, he'll end up with like just kind of having a, a non-title match or a non-title match, or maybe it's a title match with like a top-level heel. Like there's somebody who's consistently around the top of the card as a heel, and Johnny just barely squeaks a win on him, right? Like you know, it's just it's out of a roll-up or something. Um, so what happens is that this is the, the feud I want to have where we establish that Johnny can actually hang, right? That, that he can get in there. So I want these guys to have like a long feud and they'll trade wins back and forth and they'll, you know, that sort of stuff. And so for the blow off, like a no DQ falls count anywhere kind of thing. But we get to the end of it and, um, Johnny is, you know, you know, he's been waltzed across Texas. He's looking for air oxygen opportunity. He's just trying to scrap his way for it. And finally, he does something to put this guy down. This might be the big time when it's establishing that maybe the missile drop kick isn't isn't quite doing it for him, right? Like it's it's not holding up to the holding up to what he needs so you know he ends up finally beating the guy but in the course of the match he's actually so beat up that they like take him back to the ambulance to to take take him out he goes on injured leave and we do something else with the title we go to establish somebody else or we start a new feud with it or something like that um, we take the top two contenders or something because I, I like the idea of having like ranked contenders. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but it to me that just adds a little bit to it. And when he comes back, the return angle is going to be the start of his his big 
provided he's gotten good reactions and we've done everything well to this point, his return is my promotion will have not necessarily annual, but an occasional Lord of the Ring tournament. No, no copyright infringement intended. Um, <laughs> something like that, right? They have to come up with a different name, but Lord of the Squared Circle or something like that, maybe. And we'd have Johnny work his way up to the tournament to, to win that. And that's where we see him bust out the new finishes at the end of that. So this will springboard into the feud with the, the, the heel that's holding the title at the time who's managed to hang on to it against all the top guys. All the other top guys have gone in, and they haven't been able to take it off of him. You know, think Triple H at his most obnoxious. You know, he's got he's got uh, flunkies, and he's got, like, dirty tricks he pulls to try and dodge it and that sort of stuff. And he's like, there's nobody left to challenge me. And Johnny's like, well, no, I, I won the tournament. You ought to go with me. And that's where the big feud comes in. Like the guy's putting him off, he doesn't want to do it, or he throws flunkies in his way and stuff. I'll, I'll save the, the, the blow-off on that until later, because I don't want you guys getting bored with me talking too much. Are you still with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I think my big moment's finally going to be, I probably have them with the secondary championship, and, you know, it'd probably be a United States title, and it'd be the old gimmick of, hey, I'm the United States champion, which means I'm the number one contender for the world title. And then I think I would do the first title win as kind of a fluke. I kind of liked, um, you remember when Eddie and Chris Jericho wrestled for the cruiserweight belt in WCW? I've ever actually there. gone back and watched the match. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. still here. Yep. So, so um, the one match they end because they kind of they kind of do like a small package spot where they keep countering each other. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking for them to him to win the world title, they kind of get into that situation where they're doing like that small package reversal, and he finally just gets the the world champion pinned, and then he wins it on that kind of a finish. Okay. So then I think I would do... You obviously do a rematch from there, and then that time they would just win clean. Uh-huh. And then I think I would go gimmick match so they can have like that definitive end to it mm. where they really put them away. Mm-hmm. So the point, of, the point of this view would be kind of like it's kind of fluky when they finally win it, and then they prove... They prove down the down the road that they are clearly the superior option. Gotcha. So they they get it, but then they the the guy can't get it back from him kind of thing. Am I hearing that? Yeah. It? Like he gets it kind of he gets it kind of on a fluky oh that was kind of like a surprise ending, but then he shows that he shows in subsequent rematches which would come in the next couple months that no he's clearly like better. Gotcha. Okay. Matt, what kind of big moment did you have in mind? Well, I I haven't gone too far past like year two, but I've said that at the end of year one, I'd have him kind of win the title. Uh-huh. And then for the next uh, roughly six months, I'd have him hold the title. You know, he's in 
maybe some minor feuds with uh, baby faces. And at that point, it it's partially about him holding on to the title to kind of give him prestige, but also it would serve a dual purpose of whatever baby face I'm trying to like get over, have them, you know, compete for the title. So, um, both guys are kind of get over, but he basically be holding the title, kind of improving his uh, position within the company. Uh, but it basic kind of like heel stuff, you know, and when he needs to, he'll cheat to win, but you know, it's still putting on kind of high flying matches slash technical matches. Mm -hmm. Um, at six months, is where I would have things kind of get interesting. And this is where I'm going to throw in some kind of classic Lucha uh, tropes into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have I'd have a baby face, whether it's like an existing kind of mid-card baby face or someone who I'm trying to push. I'd have him get into a few, this kind of months maybe like, uh, well, for like the, the, the of that second year, like for the first, uh, so I guess we're at 18 months for the six month title reign. But once going from there for the next three months, I would have him feud with, you know, whatever the hot baby face I'm trying to push at. And they would, uh, they get into like a pretty heated feud. Um, maybe they're trading wins back and forth. I don't usually like the whole like WWE, uh, parody booking thing, but for the purposes of their feud, maybe I'd, I'd have them, kind of trade back and forth and the reason why is like i needed some sort of rubber match mm-hmm. but what i would have happen is uh my guy rosa salvaje would be like you know what you know i i'm tired of this like i'm gonna prove that i'm the better man i'm the better worker i'm the better wrestler um and this is my title like i wouldn't have him lose a title just quite yet but i would be like this is my title you're never going to get this title and i want to embarrass you in front of the world that's why i'm gonna i'm demanding a hair versus mask match Ooh! and he would uh he'd put up his mask um and he would uh you know be uh be challenging the baby face to to lose their hair i'm presuming this baby face would have hair <laughs> like maybe okay. maybe he'd be like long flowing blonde hair like i don't know but <laughs> um so at the end of this like roughly say like three month feud they they'd have the big hair versus mask uh, match um and at this point though i would have him lose and he would lose the title and he would lose uh he lose his mask mm-hmm. uh, so he's he's now unmasked and right. uh for the final like th- that'd be like a pretty big moment in his uh progression um, and he's lost the title, but he, you know, he held like, a good time. Um, at this point, though, he'd be like really dejected because he he's lost his confidence. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah, and he, I would probably have him go on like a little bit of a losing streak, not like where everyone's beating him, but you know, he can't pull off the big win. You know, he loses maybe the rematch for the title, and he just he's not pulling it off. And that would take us to a uh, year or two. End of year two, mm-hmm. and from there, uh, I what I would probably have, what I would probably book it as, is I would have he's he's still a heel technically, but at this point because he's been losing, it's like maybe people are starting to feel a little bit of sympathy for him because you know he's a great worker, he's putting on good matches, but he just can't pull it off, and he's not. I would have him kind of subtly change his characters so that he's not showing like the real like dickish heel anymore. He's kind of just. You can tell he's like really struggling. He's feeling bad about himself. Not in a way that he looks pathetic, of course, but 
mm-hmm. you, you can kind of feel emotion for him. It's like, you know what? He was a great worker. He's still a great worker. hitting his finish as crisp as he would or something yeah okay and then i would have maybe it's like a a debuting heel someone Mm -hmm. like a monster heel somebody who i'm really putting over as like a a beast um they would debut or maybe like a a tag team or something whatever but they debut and they completely like attack him in the ring destroy Mm -hmm. him and it's so bad to the point that who comes running out to save him is the baby face. He's been in this heated feud for who claimed his mask mm-hmm. and he's the one who saves him, saves him from this, uh, from the tag team from let me, I do it as a tag team saves him from the beating from the tag team. And initially like my guy shoves it off. It's like, he's confused. It's like, I, I don't, I didn't need your help. I didn't want your help, but clearly he needed it. And then from there, I would do like a progression where these two heated rivals now all of a sudden, they're in a position where they may have to actually team up to face this tag team. I'd probably do something where it's like that maybe the next week the the tag team's beating up the the face rival, mm-hmm. and my guy kind of runs out and now he saves the baby face, but he brushes it off. It's like you know what, like I was just returning the favor. It's not a big deal. Like I'm not doing this because i like you but then over the course of the next few weeks they're still in this position where they're kind of like looking out for each other and the whole point of this is that i'm working towards these two now forming like a tag team or at least an alliance because i'm moving rosa salvaje into the baby baby face realm sure nice slow transition through tweener right (laughs) yeah and so that's uh that's where i'm going from there at, at right at the moment and i can kind of pause it right there sure i like that i like that slow transition where where folks get to kind of enjoy the move on that um the big moment for my guy like i said you know the 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 heel he's dealing with is kind of like kind of like triple h at his worst you know he's he's got all these ploys to keep the match from happening. He's got flunkies in the way and stuff. So when we get to the big show of the year, whatever it is, the plan is that finally, 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 he doesn't have any other ways of putting him off, right? Johnny's like beating his flunkies or um, whatever kind of stuff he's trying to play off. You know he he can't put him off anymore. So they're having this match. Um, and you know, they're going back and forth on it and they're going back and forth. They're going back and forth and Johnny starts getting up on him. And then here come his flunkies out, like coming to the ring. So the referees turn and look at that and the heel, like, you know, kicks him in the dick. We'll, we'll go with that. Or, you know, cause you know, that's, that's a, that's a despicable I'm thing to do. I'm impressed I was impressed you poached Nakamura from the WWE in this <laughs> fantasy scenario. You know, that joke actually came out of, um, I never liked Dragon Ball, but I like Dragon Ball abridged. And there's this joke in one of them where Vegeta says, this guy keeps kicking me in the dick. <laughs> and it's just the way, you know, because the way he says it is so funny. And then it gets to a point at, towards the end of it. He's like, I would rather be kicked in the dick 
a hundred more times than listen to this idiot talk anymore. So, and, and, you know, it worked for Nakamura because it's like, you, you son of a bitch, you just punched him in the nuts. Because every man in the world knows what that's like. It's like, you don't, don't do that, you know, it's, it's, it's you know. So the idea is he does that, and here comes Flunky. He's like storming down to the ring. Here's where this, because the ref's like, don't you do that. You know, you get in here and throw this out, and, you know, that sort of stuff. Here's what the twist I'd like to put on it, and hopefully I can build up to it well enough, is you have all these baby faces that have been screwed by this heel, right? They were challenging him, and they get screwed by, like, interference or you know, threatening the ref or something like that. Here they come and they wipe out the flunkies. So like, like on that nitro when Luger's challenging Hogan, instead of Luger like tossing all the NWI out of the ring, it would have been like, you know, here comes the giant and page and Harlem heat and something like that. And they come and they run over the NWO so that they can't interfere. So the heels like looking at him being like, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Johnny's like dragging himself up the heels backing up. Johnny spins him around into the diamond cutter for that big win. So you get to have this moment of here come the heels and the crowd's like, shit. And then here come the baby faces and run them over and the crowd's like, hell yeah. And then as the heels backing up being like, what's going on here? This isn't how it's supposed to work. And Johnny's getting to his feet behind him. You get to have this moment build and the people are watching and they're like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Is it, is it? And he turns around and drops him with the diamond cutter which, I don't know, I'll call it Thunderbolt or something, drops him with the diamond cutter and gets the win. So you get this huge pop. You get this moment building up into, I left something out in this, incidentally. The whole thing where the he has the, the no DQ match, but he gets hurt. I wanted to have interactions with other faces that appreciate like you know how he hung in there as they're like taking him back to the ambulance. And it's not a big thing. It's just guys being like, good job. Oh, man, it's like you know, tougher than I thought you were. So we kind of build this rapport going, and it, it builds towards this moment. So we get this big, you know I, big win, and it's this cool stuff. I'm sorry, go ahead. You know what else you could do is um, you could have someone that's kind of been associated with them on or off on the face side that um, gets a little more directly involved, like doesn't necessarily cause them to win, but then... After he gets his big win, they use that involvement to justify, hey, you know, I helped you out. Give me a title shot. Oh, yeah. And you could have perfectly good um, you could have perfectly good feuds just based on like, you know, hey, you know, I think I should have a title shot and you just have a really good match out of it. Or or you could do like the um, kind of how they did Ric Flair and Terry Funk where like. The guy's like, hey, I helped you out. Give me a title shot. And, like, that guy might be marginal. And and um, your guy says, you know, look, I want to give you a title shot. But, you know, I kind of have to do what they say. And, you know, you're not you're not high enough up on the rankings. Like, I got to, you know, I got to fight a couple guys before I can, you know, wrangle. You're going to have to get in line you. for it or something like that. You yeah. Know? And then. And then that guy, like, loses it and turns heel on him. Like, there's some good. Oh, yeah. There's good fodder for that. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Matt. I saw your indicator light up. I didn't know if you were going to say something or not. Oh, no, no. No. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, um, here we are. We've we've gotten our guys to, to the end, I think. 
we didn't brad you yeah we all got ours right yeah I'm just having this moment I do have my postscript um and it'll be brief my postscript is pretty much i will bring in pretty much outside names to play heel and to work like six to eight month programs with them going forward like just so they can chew up some outside names, you know. If we were going by now, like Chris Jericho would come through, I'd probably see if Necro Butcher would <laughs> would work. You know, maybe like um, maybe like Pentagon Junior, Walter, guys like that. And then they wouldn't have a stranglehold on the belt. Like I might do an injury angle. Like Jericho might come in, injure them, and win the world title. They take four months off. You know, Jericho maybe trades the belt with another face or just has it for six to eight months. And then the my guy comes back and gets the belt off of them, you know, eight months down the road. Sure. But that would be my postscript. Yeah. Matt, uh, you kind of talked about your postscript. Um, I like it, though. I like that slow turn a lot. Um, yeah, and I have some ideas to, to where I want to take my character, um, you know, in the future from there as he's uh, kind of moving into the the world as a baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, and uh, Brad the um, the rotating cast. I think that could spark a lot of interest because you know Cody's out there doing his own thing, and then all of a sudden he shows up here. That's the next place on his list to try and conquer or something. Could spark a lot of interest even from people who aren't necessarily fans at the time. Well, you know, it's interesting if you watch, um, like, old WWF, the um, the only constants on the heel side were really Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, and the Grand Wizard. And the heels were just kind of come and go because it was really the managers that mattered. And that's kind of, like, a little bit of what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. That sets a nice, you know, and that's, you know, that that's had a nice callback in the time when... Jimmy Hart was constructing his group and, um, oh, the, the Heenan family and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, there's kind of some context for it that people that maybe weren't watching back then didn't have. And I think you don't want, I think part of, I don't think you want your heels hanging around either. You want them to lose and then move down the card for a program or two and then make their way out. Because to me, it's about putting your your faces over. Well, it to an extent, the um, it, the classic story is that the the baby face is chasing the title. The you know things like like Hogan were a um, were really more of an anomaly. Because there's so much, um, you know, people can relate and enjoy the chase so much. And then they get that big payoff. Um, Whereas, you know, if you do Super Cena and Cena wins all the time, then it's kind of like, is there really a point to watching? Because he's just going to win. So, you know, as, as time goes on. I always want my guy, Johnny, I want him to have a hill to climb in some fashion. You know, the the guy, like you said, the guy that turns heel on him, you know, does something. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, he, he manages to cheat Johnny out of it. So Johnny's got to like work his way back through the, the contender rank or something. You know, I want him, want him to have kind of a journey going or something like that. Well, guys, anything else we'd like to add on this? By the deafening silence, it sounds like we've said about all we've got to say tonight. Um, I thought this was a really fun thought experiment. Uh, the, you know, the idea of how you build and, and, and why you build the way you do and what you do with the person when you get them there. I just thought it was really interesting. So, I, I always like fantasy booking. You know what? Here sometime soon, we, we ought to do we kind of had this idea kicking around of doing a um, ring retrospective of rebooking certain things that happened. Uh, we ought to look back and, and maybe do that. But, uh, but for now, for now, this has been the four corners podcast on the pit podcast network. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. And we want to say we've been in three corners here in the fourth. We'd love to hear from you guys. And thank you for joining us. Good night. Adios. Bye.